Ladies and gentlemen, after five rounds, we go to the judges' scorecards for a decision. Mike Bell scores the contest, 48-47, Wahovich. Derek Cleary scores it, 48-46, Akalayev. And Saudi Amato scores the contest, 47-47. Ladies and gentlemen, this contest is declared a split draw! You're going to federal prison. Hello and welcome back to Hold On I'm Talking Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood and you are listening to our review of UFC 282 which was headlined for the light heavyweight title uh, between Jan Blachowicz versus Magomed Ankalaev. Uh, Tom, this card to me I think was a very good summation of the UFC this year. Some good fights, some bad fights and most importantly some very funny fights and... I think that's a fair assessment, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, Joe, I think you've kind of nailed it right there. It wasn't an all-timer. More good than bad for me, but the head honcho, Dana White, he wasn't happy about the main event. It took the the dusting off for him. It put him on a downer. Mm. He left the room and declared it wasn't a title fight after all, Joe. (laughs) What do you think about that? Um... Pretty funny, pretty funny considering I didn't pay for it. I feel bad for the people that did pay for it. Um, yeah, it's it's a slightly odd situation, isn't it? To be like, this is for a title, psych, no it isn't. Uh, so, yeah. Well, let, and now the, Let's get into it yeah, and let's, explain why. Yeah, let's go into it. We're going to go straight to the main event here, listeners. Jan Blahovic versus Magomed Ankalaev ends in a split draw. One judge had it for Blahovic, 48-47. One had it for Ankalaev, 48-46. And one judge said, I'm not bothered, up to you lads, 47-47, draw. Um, very rare occurrence. Hilarious that it was for the title fight on the last pay-per-view of the year. And it was a last-second title fight as well. Tom, let's go into the X's and O's of this. How did you score this fight? All right, Joe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock your world right here. Yes. I agreed with none of the judges. <laughs> none. Right. So your scoring is totally different to all three of those judges. Yes. All right, cool. Yes, it is. Uh, Let me explain why, Joe. Yes. So, round one. I watched the fight twice, and between both watches, I have to say my opinion changed. Okay, but first time watch. First time watch. That's the one that counts. Yeah. All right. I leant towards Ankalaev. Round one. Um, round one, and that was volume. Output. I thought yeah. he... Yeah, output. I thought he outlanded uh, Jan. Um, kind of cagey counter-striking. Yeah. Not, nothing too explosive. Uh, now, if you're going to credit to Jan, I think you're probably looking at those low kicks. Low kicks, single shots. Um, and also for Ankalaev, I will say he did... Uh, land on Yan, uh, but it was towards the end of the round, and I would give Yan the fact that he landed more damage over, or he landed the significant damage over a longer period of time compared to Ankalaev's sort of flurry at the end. That's why I would sort of lean towards Yan in that essence. So I gave the first round to Yan, you gave the first round to Ankalaev. To me, no controversy either way with that. 
It's well, a... I'm about to bring in some controversy, Joe, because I watched it again, <laughs> and then I and then I gave it to Jan. Okay, and that's because I knew what happened in the second round on that on that second watch through, and I knew the impact of those leg kicks that Jan had started to land in the first. Mm. All right, so I have to say that's a close round, but um, yeah, round two. I don't think anyone's going to be debating that those leg kicks came to the fore. Yeah, uh, Ankalaev. Switch stances to get away from that low kick from Jan. He was chopping those legs, Joe. Chopping mm. them. Really? Almost, Switch stances. Almost like uh, Cejudo against Dominic Cruz, sort of like sweeping sort of kicks. He d- didn't care what he landed on as long as it was shin on shin. Left shin, right shin, doesn't matter. Jan's throwing it. And um, really quite vicious and nasty, borderline psychotic behavior from Jan. Like, yeah. Consider oh, consider the sport, by the way, that we're talking about here, and we're going. That's a bit psychotic. That like that's that's the level of nutter we're talking about. Well, because it brings to mind uh, Tony Ferguson in the woods, metal poles. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's pretty mental, Joe. Yeah. My bone density is greater than yours. Yeah. Get out of here, son. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and Ankalaev, he tried to escape from these leg kicks. They were really starting to pay. I think everyone will remember this from the second round. And so he switched stances. Yeah. And Jan was like, all right, I'll just go to work on the other one. Yeah, exactly. By the end of the second, Ankalaev's le- both legs were neutralized. Yeah. It looked like it was going in the direction of Jan Blachowicz. Yeah. So- also, Jan, in that second round, landing big shots in the pocket, sort of like when they're exchanging close in sort of the boxing range. Uh, so that's why, again, I would give that round to Jan. Well, I think a big part of that was Ankalaev uh, having had his legs taken from him, taking that mobility away. Mm. I think neutralizing that speed advantage, couldn't plant his feet properly. And uh, and Jan was really coming into the ascendancy, yeah. as you say, in, in the pocket, in boxing range. All looking good. I was also surprised as well that Ankalaev didn't like throw any jabs to the body as well to sort of like, almost kind of like push Jan away. Sort of like, to maybe just even sort of like start to chip away at the cardio because it was a lot of head hunting. From he had that, f- that front kick up the middle. Mm. Um, he was starting to put that one in there, just, you know, straight, almost like a teep yeah. um, to, to the belly. But, it, yeah, going into the third, I thought, here we go. Legendary Polish power. He's going to take now, over, yeah. Now, yeah, if you listen to the commentary team in the third, you're thinking, all right, Jan's, Jan's got this one. Because he was continuing with that leg-kicking theme to a much lesser extent. And commentary team, they were biting down on every one of those, those leg kicks. Mm. But for me, I think if you took a more well-rounded view of that third round, uh, Ankalaev outlanded him significantly. He was on the front foot for most of that round. Did work in a takedown. Mm. And uh, I, I gave that third round to Ankalaev. Uh, I gave the third round to Ankalaev as well. I think there was the visual of him limping and switching stances that maybe threw people. Uh, I will also say in terms of significant strikes, 17 to Jan, 18 to Ankalaev. In that third round, so very close there. But ho- hold on, I'm talking, brother. Total strikes: Ankalaev 40, Jan 18. One takedown for Ankalaev. I think I think it's an Ankalaev round, isn't it, Joe? What round three? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I w- I gave it to you, Ankalaev, and also it was. I mean, it was very impressive. You should you. He showed what sort of level of heart he has as well to be like. I've just got to press this guy, and in the middle of the round, making that change to wade forward. Uh, so that Jan couldn't get into kicking range, so he couldn't plant his feet and get it into boxing range and then into the clinch. And then you saw the cornering. It wasn't quite Leon Edwards against Usman level cornering, but it was close, where Ankalaya's coach ripped into him. What are you doing? Don't brawl with this man. I told you not to brawl with this man. What's wrong with you? Take him down. 
And that's exactly what he did in rounds four and five. And that's why I gave four and five to Ankalaev. Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well there, Joe. I don't think anyone's going to be trying to score this fourth and fifth round to uh, to Jan. No. There's just nothing for you to grip onto because it was just total control. Yeah, um, the fifth round as well started badly for Jan where he was so but- ready to sprawl that he sprawled himself <laughs> into being taken down and slipped and got taken down. And also, he just didn't have the ability to get up whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, like, actually, Ankalaev didn't land a takedown in the fifth. Yeah. Wasn't scored a takedown because Jan uh, obviously didn't like what happened to him in the fourth round after the takedown no. when he kind of got, got mauled, got beaten up, let's be honest. Not a 10-8, but a 10-9 in the fourth. Yeah. And then, as you say, Ankalaev shoots, Jan sprawls, and then uh, but he spra- Johnny Walker style he sprawled- bounces back. <laughs> yeah, he you know, sprawled so well he knocked out. himself down. <laughs> well, that's it. And that's it. So I'm thinking of that Jamahal Hill yeah, the- punch on Johnny Walker. Yeah. Where he does, the, you know, that inflatable man, like... <laughs> flying backwards yeah. that's what Jan did to himself Joe because he was terrified of getting taken down oh, yeah. ends up on his back Ankalaev obliges accepts 10-9 again for me not enough for a 10-8 in the 5th no I, the 10-8 is uh, for me a bit strange I mean I know that Jan landed 0 strikes in that round but Ankalaev landed 18 it's, it's, if we were looking at like a 50-0 to zero sort of range of a maybe we'd be getting into a 10-8 but Ankalaev favoured the position over damage in that round, which I think was the correct thing to do, by the way. Like, he was tiring him out, and he was when he was getting to ground and pound situations, he was, like, unloading on him. I just find it strange that Jan, in round three, didn't really commit to those leg kicks. Like, I know that Ankalaev didn't allow him to, but, I mean, listen to this, in terms of landed by target... Jan Blachowicz landed 45% of his shots to the legs. 20 to the body, 34 to the head. That is incredible amount. Whereas Ankalaev went 62% to the head. If he threw to the body a bit more, I think Ankalaev probably could have won that fight quite clearly. And also, in terms of at distance... Hold on. Hold on. Did, he, did he not win that fight clearly for you, Joe? Well, for us, but not for the judges. <laughs> like That's what I'm saying. Like I mean... Joe, it's a 49-46 for me. Yeah, 48-47 Ankalaev. I think, can you see the case for a, a Jan win there on the cards if you squint a bit, 48-47 Jan? Or is that being I'm, a bit generous? I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I, th- I mean, if I'm going to acknowledge that the first was close mm. and perhaps, you know, as I say, I watched it twice and I scored it once for each fighter. Mm. Um, then we have to look at the third and I'm really struggling to see that yeah. as, a, uh, as a anything but an Ankalaev round. Yeah. Now, what you mentioned there with Jan and perhaps failing to capitalise, I think the key element here, Joe, uh, which maybe some people are overlooking, is that Jan, he prepared for a three-round fight. Yeah. He, his takedown defence was on point in those first three rounds. Yeah. It looked like that wasn't an option for Ankalaev. And so he was forced to trade in those positions where he was uncomfortable. If Jan could have relied on that takedown defence throughout the fight... Perhaps it was his conditioning. Perhaps I'm just saying. Then maybe I think he would have seen a different outcome, you know, in the fourth and the fifth. I agree, but then the other side of that is well, Ankalaev had to prepare for a three-round fight instead of a five-round fight. I'm just I'm particularly looking at the fact that Jan's takedown defense really failed him. Right. You know, the commentary team had even decided that that like Ankalaev didn't have that option after the first three rounds. Yeah. 
Which is you know, strange. Like, it's almost like they didn't know what they were talking about in a way, but um, <laughs> not, for, not for me to judge. Uh, that's another th- theme for the year right there, Joe, yeah, 2022. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, get Laura Sanko on a pay-per-view. That's what we're saying here, people. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah. Um, look, I... And get Joe Rogan away. Yeah, please. He's, he's, it's, it's excruciating. It is, isn't it? It's, it's really quite horrendous. Anyway, listen. We're not part of that woke mob trying to take down Joe Rogan, are we, Tom? Let's <laughs> let's get on. Let's talk about this. That Dana, he went full tomato in that press conference for all of thirty seconds, and the, and I say the journalist, the PR team around him didn't want to ask him any more questions about that. And like, let's just move on. Like this fight never happened, and um, now instead, Dana rather bullishly declared, "Well." Why don't we do this then? Glover versus... Decreed. Yeah, he decreed from the mountaintop that Glover Teixeira will now face Jamahal Hill in Brazil in January in the main event of UFC 283. Figueiredo versus Moreno 4 bumped down to co-main event. What can those two boys do to get a main event? My word. Like, it's just <laughs> unfair. Unfair on them. Um, I was looking at it. And Joe, I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm not mad. mad. I'm not mad. I'm not, <laughs> I'm mad. not mad. I'm not mad. I do think, by the way, that down the line, Jamahal Hill was going to challenge for a title. And there's no one clearly ahead of him now. They need to make a title fight. They don't want to have a vacant title hanging out there for four or five months. I get that. Mm-hmm. They did. They made the right decision um, two years ago when they said, all right, sod it. Chandler versus Oliveira for the lightweight title and we had in my mind one of the fights of the year why not just why not why not old man Glover I mean, versus Jamahal Hill who knows what's going to happen this is going to be great I mean, typically Joe I'm I'm rocking I'm I'm all for democracy yeah right I, I like that that's my yeah my my natural bent yeah but sometimes the dictatorship it come it comes up with some good stuff. Listen, Do you know I mean, like fascism works sometimes. What can we say? Oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's happening, and I'm and I'm ready for that. Uh, then that brings us to the question: What are we going to do with Jan and Ankalev? Do you want to see it again? Uh, yeah, I'd watch that again. Fight night main event. Do it in Europe. Now, as much as I thought, uh, Dana summing up. As as Mank, Magomed Ankalaev getting beat up for three rounds and then kind of just sitting on what's the whole what's bit. wrong with him? I mean, he said he zoned out. That's not a good look. No, That's, this is yeah. Ankalaev's not going to be near a title shot soon, is he? As, and neither is Jan. Well, because I yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't Ankalaev versus Thiago Silva. Santos. Santos. Sorry, yeah. Thank God that, <laughs> that era has been brought to a close yeah. with Thiago Silva now. But it it wasn't it wasn't the best fight on the card. All right. No. And I'm I'm ready and accepting for these guys to fight either each other or other guys at light heavyweight. There are other matchups out there. Rakic coming back from injury. Well, Anthony Smith was supposed to face Jamahal Hill in March. Uh, he That's is. It. I mean, what? He's been bummed. He's been. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's out on his. Bohovic versus Anthony Smith. You're not gonna. You wouldn't be down for that. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be main, main eventing, is it? Main event at fight night, maybe. I don't know. That could that could do that sort of thing. By the way, Anthony Smith found out live on television that he was no longer facing Jamahal Hill and looked very upset about it. But on his podcast with Michael Bisping, he seemed a bit more chipper. Well, guess what, Tom? 
he's going to be weighing in as the alternate for that main event in January. So we could be getting an Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira 2 in that case. And also, Anthony Smith has said that Jamahal Hill has reached out to Anthony and said, I want you in my training camp. Help me prepare for Glover. I love love it. Apparently, they get on very well uh, outside of the cage. You know, they uh, have have nice chats, as Anthony said. Sounds like everyone's a winner, Joe. Yeah. Uh, By the way... I'm fine with this. If you look at those rankings, if you look at those rankings, obviously Yuri's out. Glover, yeah, next title shot, fine. Magomed and Yan, not a chance. Rakic in Dute. Can't give it to Anthony Smith off a loss. Jamahal Hill, three wins in a row. Couple hilarious knockouts in there. Give it to the moment. But there is one man who's been done here, and that is Ankalaev. He was not happy with this result. No. He uh, (laughs) was storming about in the octagon. Said he wouldn't fight for this organization if the judges didn't fix it for him. Yeah. Interesting. He he had it read. He went online. Yeah, he walked it back. He said, like, that's not what I meant. I was just like. UFC great organization. Yeah, basically. Basically. And he was just like, I'm sorry, I was emotional. What I meant was, was that like I don't want these judges judging me anymore. And to be honest, if I'm Magomed Ankalaev and if I'm Jared Gordon, I I've, I think that's a fair enough claim. Uh, to be honest, now Tom, I've teased it a little bit. Let's go into yeah. that co-main. Paddy yeah. Pimlet defeats Jared Gordon by unanimous decision, and I'm gonna give my little opinion here. Nothing unanimous about this. Um, can I give you my scoring straight off the bat? Yeah, I'm ready for it, Joe. 30-27, Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess... Should we go through it round by round? Mm-hmm. I think I think we have to, don't yeah. we? So tell me how you saw it in the first. I, what I saw that first round was Jared Gordon caving in Paddy Pimlet's head with that left hook, which, by the way, <laughs> is the same shot that Vendramini kept landing on him in his debut in the UFC. Paddy Pimlet has the an The man issue. cannot hold his right hand up. His coaches are screaming for it. He, can't he just box. cannot block the punches. He, he can't block the punches. No. And and that's because, number one, his chin is stuck right out in the air. Yeah. Commentary team, they did do a good, good job of highlighting that. Mm. I mean, I think it was there for everybody to see. And he drops the right hand and watches his work after he's thrown it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, there's, there's the thing with, like, boxing and striking, which is that, like... When it comes to combinations, you want to, at the end of the combination, be going back into your defensive stance. And you can do that by either moving off in a certain way or just going back into that sort of range. Or rolling the shoulder, rolling framing. The sh- yeah, or throw a shot at the end of it. Throw a jab to reset, get your right yeah, hand turn back. back onto the left, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. That's what, exactly what you should be doing. But Pimlet is just like, oh, I like throwing these hands. This is fun, isn't it? Like, just throwing it out there. And Gordon... Tight guard knows this left hook's there, and he's winging that thing as hard as he can, just over the top, over hands. Yeah, and it's there every Hooks. single time. The lane is open for him every single time, and Gordon yeah. is crushing him with that left hook. A bigger power puncher would have got Pimlet out there, I think. Well, this is the one thing you can say for Paddy. Uh, he has got a chin, <laughs> but he shouldn't be demonstrating it though, should he? Well, we've seen it in every fight, Joe. Yeah. Anyway. We've seen it in every fight. He was getting his he was getting his head turned, but didn't see have that much visible damage. There are a few moments where he yeah. clearly well, kind of had to shake off. Because Pimlet likes to get most of his strikes in in a, in a flurry, like pu- pushing someone back to against the cage. He did the classic move, which was the left body kick, set back down, 
left high kick from their the sort of flicking high sort of uh, kick question mark style kick um but really didn't really land much on gordon it wasn't able to get any flurries off and it was the same thing in round two for me i had gordon winning that second round well so yeah we both agree we gave gordon the first round you know who someone who might not have given gordon the first round <laughs> his own corner at the end of the second, Gordon was asking for the lay of the fight, mm. and his corner said, oh, I think you might have dropped the first. You need to go out and win this third. Now, some people were saying that was because he had he was trying to fire his fighter up. Mm. He was trying to motivate him, like, don't go and coast in this third. You need to win this round. But it didn't seem like that to me. I thought they, the coaches in his corner, they thought there was a genuine question there. I but, Interesting. I partly... I see both sides of that. I... You know, there's a part of me that's like, if I'm in that corner and I'm giving him that advice, I'm giving him the Rocky speech going like, forget those first two rounds. Get out there and win that third round. Those two rounds don't matter. Win this round for us right now. That's all that matters. And again, that second round I gave to Gordon, it was the same thing. He's winning the exchanges. He's landing the left hook in tight. And Pimlet just looked like an amateur. Again, trying to get these flurries off that are just absolutely not landing. And then also Gordon with the control time as well. Um, I, I, some of the first two rounds were clear for Gordon. Um, and then the third round was... Well, oh, just, just, yeah, just holding on that on that second one. I, I, I agree with your summation there, Joe. Um, it was a lot more of a clinch game being imposed by Gordon. Mm. You know? He went a lot more clinch heavy and he controlled Paddy for most of it. There was that blitz there at the end, the last 30 seconds or so. Paddy got off a bit of a combo and, and then an eye poke. Mm. Uh, now, that was enough for some people to give him the round, it would seem. I can't see what else you're going to give it to Paddy, yeah. what other basis you've got for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, does, I guess this throws into question now. The first round of the Ankalaivian fight and the, this second round here is like, do you favour, you know, slower sustained damage or do you favour the 30-second blitz? Like, and to me, there's... <laughs> It's yeah. It's it's, it's the it's sustained all about, damage it's for me. Total, well, or the quality of the damage. I, I, let, let, all right, let's say that the damage is equal mm. from both, like either cumulative or from a blitz. Mm. At the end of the round, the damage is equal. Mm. I think it's if it's a big blitz. I think I'm going to give it the edge to the blitz. You reckon? Like yeah, I think like one minute. 30 let's say of blitz that's a long blitz oh that's a long blitz yeah that's Strickus Duplessis doing <laughs> four laps side to side against uh, Till yeah your man yeah well we're gonna get to mm. that um, yeah I think I, I think I favour the blitz because it's more explosive it's like that one that's those moments of dominance I think they're you know potential fight ending moments so did you let's say if, if the, do- the damage is balanced okay but I didn't think the damage was balanced no. I thought Gordon worked in uh, yeah. over all yeah, yeah. Again, now absolutely. The third round was the only one I had a slight question about. Yeah. Now Gordon definitely dominated. He had a lot of control on Paddy. Yeah. Um, however, Dana felt like Gordon threw away the third round. See, now this is the thing I don't get. Dana said Gordon threw the third round away, and Pimlet said he took the third round off. So obviously yeah. they haven't got their narratives lined up yet of no. how they're going to spin this. There's not been an official broadcast, you know. the The mouthpiece of the of the party has not spoken. <laughs> yeah, so we're. I don't know, man. Like I felt like Gordon won that round quite clearly. He clinched it. He controlled him up against the cage. Yeah, he landed four shots. Pimlet landed six. So in terms of shots and damage. Not much there. Even. And Pimlet said then afterwards, all he did was control me. He didn't do any damage. What did you do, Paddy? Because honestly, 
his argument was like, look at his face compared to mine. That's never a good argument to go down. That's never a good argument. Okay. No. And I, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was absolutely bizarre. Really, really bizarre. And I don't know why. Uh, the UFC are just going to like waltz past this as if it never happened. Are you saying this was not fight of the night? This, <laughs> this is not fight of the night or what? Who's a hype train? Say something. Yeah, no. Pimlet this week has done a fantastic. And by the way, when he said to Joe Rogan, "Oh, talk to my manager and make sure you're paying me for this interview," and Rogan sort of staring at him blankly, going like, "All right," like obviously having no idea what he's talking about because he doesn't care uh, about ridiculous beef like that. Um, it was just you're referencing the Ariel Hawani yes. thing that in the uh, we talked about that on the last pod. By the way, yeah, the- that's the first thing Pimlet said. So he's making a yeah, reference. Yeah, that's where his mind that, that's where his mindset's at, Joe. Yeah. Uh, you can't, I don't know. You can't be that rattled by Ariel Hawani going into a fight. Well, there's a certain thing like manifesting your own destiny, and obviously Pimlet has done that. Like yeah. he has become a star despite this like massive turn off performance and then post fight interview. And to be honest, the whole fight week's been pretty pretty uncomfortable for me yeah. with Paddy Pimlet. Uh he's he's made it, Joe, in terms of like he's getting paid. He's he is he is a star. A star that's diminished in any sporting context mm. after this. But you know, he has manifested that reality. What what do you do next for, for Paddy? Uh is Clay Guida still alive? Like, give him Clay Guida I mean the UFC okay I'm going to say this about Paddy Pimlet. He's 27 years old, uh, and he has now fought professionally. How many times has he fought? 23 times. 23 times. So you kind of know what sort of fighter he is. 23 fights into his career, you know what he is. Should have some of these flaws ironed out, um, but he doesn't. I mean, Jack Slack saying it's day one in the in the boxing gym. That's how fundamental this flaw uh, in yeah. terms of the defense. He's uh, saying just a bit of pad work, bit of mitts. Yeah, not hard to iron those flaws. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, what do you do? Do you give him? I mean, the other thing with UFC is that like they give guys normally four fights and then three, four fights, and it's like right here you go. Here's a big boy. Let's see what you can do with that. And really, the only big boy they can realistically give him is Tony Ferguson. Um, out of those quote big boys, because. All right, I'm going to say this to you right now. If Paddy Pimlet fought Hanato Moicano, Moicano would absolutely destroy him. Absolutely do, destroy him. I do like that matchup. I do, it'd be hilarious. But again, Jalen Turner would crush him. Grant Dawson would destroy him. Dan Hooker would do evil things to him. Like, it wouldn't even be close. If the UFC are going to go down this road of like, Right, we've got to give him some easier fights. What are we looking at? Diego Fajeja, maybe? Like, Is that an easier fight? All right, hold on. Hold on. Mark Madsen? Hold on again. Those are not favourable matchups. No, but... If you're trying to build a star, you don't fight bloody Mark Madsen. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's true, actually. Uh, Vince Pitchell? Could. Drakkar Close? Yeah. Hack Perest? Like, uh, you know... Matt Frivola, like yeah, these, these are the guys he's going to have to fight these guys because. But then the problem is, is like you fight four, five, six of these guys, people are going to be like, "This is bull!" Like you've got to fight a guy at this stage. You've got to fight someone, 
and then what they're just gonna you know tony ferguson there you go we're just gonna slip you in the rankings you know like tiago moises versus islam makachev to sort of validate makachev and then off you go or are you gonna do what i would do with paddy pimlet which is let's cash in now paddy mcgregor let's do it i would just do that if you're saying like paddy's climbed as hard as he as far as skill wise he has wow he, he ain't improving Dam- that damning much. bro if he... you might be here you might be hearing about this in years to come when paddy's gone undefeated <laughs> you know longest reign i don't Bakachev, he's been cleaned out <laughs> it's not happening <laughs> preposterous okay. to think about. what do you think joe I think we should move on. That's what I think. Let's talk about Santiago Ponzinibbio rolling back the clock. Yes. Getting it done. The Let's Pons. go, baby. I mean, Morono won the first two rounds. I think that's no fair. doubt about no that. No doubt about that. Did some Straight spin rights. Did some spinning shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Hints of spinning shit. Always bouncing on his feet, Morono. Yeah. Uh, he's deceiving because he doesn't look like a kind of an athlete. <laughs> no, he de- definitely not in this fight. Bless the man. He had, you know, he didn't cut at all, and you know, he got five days' notice. We have to, yeah, have to yeah, acknowledge yeah. that. And and he looked like, you know, five days. My, my girlfriend's comment was like, "Oh wow, that's just he just looks like a man." Yeah, he does look like. I said this to Kirsten. It looks like creator fighter, and you haven't created anything on him yet. Like apart from, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like you're just like ready to be molded, yeah, yeah sculpted. Yeah. But I really liked his performance. You know, the spinning stuff as well was to keep the distance from Ponzinibbio of like, don't you come charging in because this is waiting for you. Like, yeah. really nicely done. And Ponzinibbio... Oh, it's like, uh, you're not catching me with that swinging overhand, right? I'm, I'm bouncing out the way, baby. And I'm then, gone. And then... Stick you with my jab, stick you with my straight right, and I'm out of the picture. Absolutely. And then the third round rolls around. <laughs> and Ponzinibbio's like, I guess I've got to spam this right hand again. Lands it, and poor Morono, his face, that looked like he didn't, didn't know where he was. Uh, and then another crushing right hand after that. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah Ponzinibbio yeah. doing that sort of body jab as well, and then body jab coming up high with the right. You know, it was that was yeah. it. That was it. That was the thing that he changed a little bit, a little tweak. Cormier credit to him. He did note this in mm. in his commentary is that yeah, Pons hit him with a jab and then ducked down. Yeah, you know? he was jacking, and went in the same motion, then came over with the with that big monster right, which has ended so many nights. Mm. Uh, what do you, it was great. It was great, wasn't it? It was, it was, it was great. great. It was a fun it was fight. I'm, screw those fans for booing, by the way. Screw those fans. They don't. They do not deserve this fight. They had nine finishes up to this fight, and then they're like booing because what? They're having a technical fight here where one guy's pulling off his game plan very well against the other. Like, well, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed so, to do, Morano? We... Well, I mean, what you do for Morono is what Dana White did. Again, I don't want to make another favourable remark about uh, political uh, setups, but Dana, from his mountaintop, decreed that uh, Morono will get a win bonus just for showing up. Good so man. That's 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 good. That's good. Good. Now, Ponzinibbio, can we get him in the rankings? Can we match him <laughs> no. up? With, you know, what can we do? No, he's never getting back in the rankings again, is he? You want him back Hold in? Hold on. The- well, who, I want a I, I, Joe Neil Magny's right there, number twelve. What again? Why? Why? I mean, why do you want to do be, that to Magny? Interesting. Magny well, Magny's facing Burns in Brazil. I mean, that's bad enough. Yeah, that's that's brutal. <laughs> Burns in Brazil. That's uh, that's not a nice has, um, matchup. Has, I don't know. He had a close fight with Pereira. You got Dan D Rod in there, number fifteen. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't like to see that. I'd like to see D Rod. Um. 
Jake Matthews is fighting this weekend if he beats Jake Matthews. If Jake Matthews wins. Jake, he looks so good last yeah. time, Jake Matthews. I don't, I, I, come on. Della Maddalena. That's a test for your rising star. Mm. So there are names out there. Good good for Pons, anyway. That was a... Yeah. yeah he's been through a lot. I good hope, for him. I hope Morono gets a decent matchup as well next time. I wouldn't... I like The UFC loves these guys, Joe. Yeah. They, they'll, they'll take care of him. Yeah. They'll take care of him. That's right, let's move thing. on. Oh, Let's move on. Do we have so to? So the fight I was most excited about. You don't want to talk about the fight of the night, according to, according to Dana? It was a bit depressing, but it was... Yeah, it was definitely dramatic. It was definitely dramatic. Right. DDP himself. Uh, Drickus Duplessis beats Darren Till by submission. Face crank in the third round. Um, This was quite something, wasn't it, Tom? This This fight. It was full of talking points, um, starting with the first round. Can I just ask a question quickly? Yeah. Did you enjoy watching this fight? I enjoyed the second and third round. <laughs> I, get, I, I mean, yes. I can't say. Uh, like, yeah, the first. I mean, we've got to talk about it. Yeah, let's go with the first. Um, so, yeah. Duplessis. Just ragdolls till holds him in position. GMP for uh, for five minutes, basically sixty significant strikes. Mm. Till not able to escape the clutches. Really, ten eight three. Uh, I have to consult. Yes, yes, ten eight according to me. Yeah, uh, just look at the official scores. Close to a ten eight for me, but not quite. Um, I I just think the fact that Till was able to talk to the referee and was just fine, like really, and then when he got up was. So they did break it in the well, first round. It's the getting up. Like, Till yeah, mm. managed to get up right at, right at the end. I think if Duplessis ends the round on top, then... Um... I think also this this round demonstrated the issues that Darren Till has, which he just has no explosive power anymore. This is the first round of the fight. 14 months away. He should be, like, hyped, raring to go. He gets into his position, and he can't get up. Well, what do you what do you make about that? Of that, that was it was just strange. It was strange. Yeah, could he not get up? Or no. it, you, like, was that the case? He was pinned down. He was pinned down. I mean, it was notable. I will say throughout the fight, the difference in strength was uh, mm. was quite shocking yeah. to see. It was one of his clearest examples. Uh, normally, you know, they're they're both prime athletes, very strong and pretty well matched. Sure, you're going to give the advantage to someone because of their grip strength or heavier hands or whatever it may be um or just being a heavier fighter but Duplessis just uh kind of had his way with Till really yeah I think just Till never developed wrestling takedown defense like he's just never really developed that part of his game and I think a lot of his clinch game I thought he was worse though Joe it was worse yeah it, it was it was quite significant wasn't it like because he talked all week about like training in Thailand and training with these Russian guys and Training with Hamzat Chimaev. Yeah, Hamzat Chimaev. I just don't think... (sighs) He's not of the level. And that first round really showed it. And then he came back in that second round. He had the the Rocky speech, Brendan Loughnane in his corner. He should be saying, bro, come to the PFL with me. You can make a million dollars. Like, that's what he should be saying to him. Um, He's giving it... Look at him. He's tired. He can't take it anymore. And Till comes back. He was tired. Till comes back. And for me, Till wins the second round. Yeah, I gave it to Till as well. I mean, Duplessis but, is a is a meme. 
Uh, Duplessis oh, is a meme, Joe. Hilarious fighter. But can I just go focus on Till for a second? He comes out of the second round and he marches Duplessis down and he lands big shots, big combinations, and he's throwing these shots. And then he does his usual thing, flappy hands, moving his flappy hands around. Oh, I'm showing feints. But these flappy hands means he's never going to throw. And then as soon as he sets his hands, he throws. So if you're facing this guy, he's doing the flappy hands, he's never going to throw. If he starts throwing out of those movements, then he would he would cause Duplessis problems. And I'll be honest, I think he should have got Duplessis out of there in that second round. Like, I th- Well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because I think Duplessis revealed in the post-fight interview after the third, the true story of that second round. Mm. And that's that Duplessis knew they were going to a third. Mm. The tank is never empty. Right. But the light is flickering for most of the fight. Oh, right. Okay, right. Fair enough. Now, he truly, I feel like he took that second round off. Uh, I don't feel like he was getting close to getting put out of there. He said it himself in in the post-fight that he had worked hard in the first. He was feeling it and he knew it was going to a third. Right. And in the third round, we saw a totally different fighter in Duplessis. Suddenly, he was on the front foot, landing strikes, outmatching Till uh, on the feet. Mm. Would you not agree? Nice straight jabs. Yeah, uh, I I agree. Um, I think, and also you just steamrolled him as well with that takedown, getting straight to mount from the takedown as well, yeah. and then till rolling over. I mean, tapping to a face crank, I've got to say, is not the the best look. Does that also tell you something? Then that the fact that Duplessis was able to take that second round off probably shows the level of till. Uh I mean, Joe, I got to say, I watched that and I was like, all right. Time to hang it up, hang it up. And I thought that's what was happening, to be honest, when I saw them getting ready to interview Duplessis. Till's gloves were coming off, and I thought, good for you, man. You've taken a lot of damage. You had a brief moment. You're never getting back, let's be honest. Mm. Lost five of your last six, last six, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't to be. No. I think the UFC should do the humane thing and let him go. Like, I don't, I don't think his celebrity's worth it in terms of, like, being a popular British fighter because I think in terms of British fans I think will get behind a British fighter if they're getting up the rankings like it doesn't matter who they are I don't think the personality matters too much because we want these guys to go up there so like Tom Aspinall doesn't have the boisterous personality of a Till or a Pimlet. Well, Leon Edwards doesn't have it. But Till's personality is totally different now Jack. Yeah. That, he's, not, he's not that boisterous guy like we talked about it in the preview his energy has changed. I think he's just been broken. He's been humbled. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think he took it worse than worse than most. You know that, like his psychology about being unbeaten is just going to run through everybody. Uh, I think he, he's just damaged. Yeah. And so, what you think he should just retire? That is what I'm leaning towards. Yeah, because I don't want to watch him getting beaten down. He's still a what, young man. The, the BKFC or something. Oh lord, uh. oh, that would be that would be sad. I mean, if he's going to fight in the UFC again, which you know Dana was all for it, it was very positive about Till here. His stock didn't drop at all, according to Dana. Uh, even though he's did. ranked ten in the world. Yeah. Uh, Wait, hold on. Have the rankings come out and he's still ranked? He's still ranked. Yeah, I believe. I'm just I'm on the page now. This is uh, going live on a on a Tuesday. I think they normally have the. The ranking sorted by now, mm. although maybe not because I'm not seeing Taporia no. climbing either. Oh no, Taporia climbed. He climbed up five spots to number nine. That's right. Yeah, so they have to. That's they right. have done the rankings until he's still ranked in the top ten. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not. Yeah. On. This is interesting. I'm on the USC's official page. I don't know. Maybe some technical issues going on. We'll leave that to one side. If Till's fighting again and he's fighting someone in the rankings, there is a man on this card who came off a win. I could be intrigued by the fight. 
Do you know who that is, Joe? Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis. Could yeah, be fun. Could be fun. No threat of a takedown. No. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that would probably be a fair matchup. Duplessis, by the way. Sky's the limit. <laughs> the trick is Duplessis. I mean, truck. I mean, this guy is must-watch TV, isn't he? Like, he's fun. He's a lot of fun, he's, Joe. He's a lot a of fun. hell of a lot of fun. I mean, the, the fights that popped into my mind, I was thinking, oh... Gregory Rodriguez versus Drickus Duplessis. Oh my god! Even Alex Pereira versus Drickus Duplessis. Wouldn't that be hilarious? That would be hilarious. Adesanya, Whitaker, Paolo Costa. I mean, oh. Paolo Costa sounds fun. He has said Vittori. Mm. Mm, a little bit. That's mm, less fun. That less, is less fun. And he's talked about maybe the winner of Strickland versus Cannoneer. Listen, mate. Wow. Listen to listen to me and Tom. Do the fun shit, right? You versus Paolo Costa is the one to do. What about Gastelum? What? What? <laughs> no. I just think it could be a fun. F- I'm also looking at the positions in the rankings. I don't know. Gastelum's could be, could got got Imovov next uh, oh. on the main event good, of the first fight night. Good of night. Next year. <laughs> good, good night, Kelvin Gastelum. <laughs> All right, forget that. He's yeah. out of the rankings then. After that, no, yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm with you, Joe. Dulidze, obviously, oh. newfound fame. But let's not match up two. Surgeon Young Bucks just yeah. yet. It's out there. I mean, then you've got the maturing Buck in Paolo Costa. Mm. There's some fun stuff going on at middleweight. For sure. For sure. There's a lot of very flawed fighters, but very fun ones. That And that is, I guess that's some of the charm of this division now, isn't it? It's not like bantamweight or or lightweight or even flyweight where you're looking at, you know, incredible all-round fighters. It's like, this guy is really good at this, but he is so bad at that. And I kind of want to see what happens. So... <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's talk about Let's it. round it out, Joe. Yeah, the last fight on the card. Now, uh, well, a, opening. A man, opening. A man who has beef with Paddy Pimler and should be kept far away from him if you are the UFC. Ilya Teporia subs Bryce Mitchell in the second round. And he... He beat Bryce Mitchell like he owed him money. Like, this was a beating. An absolute beating. But a very clever technical one as well. So... The story of the first round is obviously the striking levels were, were very stark in this. Bryce's striking, I thought, looked quite good in the Barbosa fight. But in this one, it was just very off and flailing. And I think it was down to also Tapori's very low stance. Mm. Huge right hands that he was landing. Uh, landing clean. But Bryce ate. Yes, those hooks. Yeah, the hooks. Brutal. Thumping him around the cage. Um, but, you know... There was some good stuff from Bryce. He hit a nice one-two with a takedown at the end of it. Um, that looks was pretty slick. But Taporia wasn't that bothered. And also when it came to the clinch stuff as well, Taporia did something really clever, which is he gave Bryce Mitchell the single leg up against the cage because then he knew then that he could go two hands on both of Mitchell's hands there in that position. So he knew where Mitchell's hands were going to be fin to break. Whereas if he had him clinched up against the cage, he was going to have a harder time to break the grip. Mm-hmm. So Taporia felt like, if I can go hand-to-hand, I can break his grip. So he gave him the single leg from there and trusted his balance to keep him up. Really clever mm. from Taporia. Really, really clever. Mm. Um, but are, yeah. we, are we talking about the takedown there at the the end of the first round? You know, when, when no, Bryce was, jabbed and then clinched up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was that. Bryce did have some success. Yeah, there was some success. There was some success. Um, but then... <laughs> The second round, Taporia's like, well, I'm battering this guy, so I'm just going to swing as hard as I can to get him knocked out of there. Yeah. Um, drops Mitchell. I mean, he did miss a few times, but I'm like, 
Oh, he was whipping them. His whole body was turning. Yeah. You know, he was really ripping them. But just didn't respect what Bryce had to offer on the other end. No, that's kind of what I love about Taporia is that he has such disregard for his opponents. Like, he really just goes in there to, like, get people out of there, crack them as hard as he can. And he, the bit that really got me was the end where he threw Mitchell down. Yeah, Bryce was trying to get back up. They had been they had been rolling together. Yeah. Bryce cleared a little bit of space and, and just sat him down, yeah. boy. Tapuri just manhandled Literally, him. one palm down on his chest pushed him back down. Yeah, they call it pancaking. Yeah. yeah commentators. He even got knee on belly. That's like white belt stuff that he's doing to him. He's making Bryce Mitchell, who is a tremendous grappler, look like a white belt out there. He was destroying him. Did the knee on belly, by the way... Uh, as he was getting the head and arm choke locked in, so that it would Mitchell would turn away from him, so that then he could slip off and lock the choke in at the same time. Really clever from Taporia. Really, really, I mean, clever. it put him out of his misery because it was it was again to be a beat down. Yeah, Bryce was was you know well, he'd been worked. Bryce said he was that leaking. He, yeah. he was leaking from many places. Do you on buy his face. Uh, Do you buy Bryce Mitchell's uh, reasoning for this, which was that he had flu this week? I mean, there was a massive, again, strength uh, in equilibrium, you know, uh, and it was so stark that you wonder, I think, is that a mythical fighter? Flu-free Bryce Mitchell? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, He's not going to want to fight Tapuria again. No, you? I think just Tapuria, his power carries at light, lightweight. Like, and he's doing this at featherweight. It's just... Well, where do we where do we position him next? What are we going to do with Tapuria? Chikadze? It's kind of a Georgian, Georgian face-off. Oh, maybe, ooh, maybe Cater. Um, so we're we're reaching for the upper echelons now. Yeah, because he's ranked ninth now, and I think Cater's seven, maybe. Um, depending on the timelines, maybe the loser of the Emmett Yair fight, because the fight that I really want to see for the UFC London pay-per-view, Arnold Allen versus Brian Ortega is the fight I really want to see. That would be the fight I really, really want to see. Um, just because Alan's got really good wrestling for an English fighter, like, and that's kind of where a lot of his game plan, like, works from is the wrestling. And obviously, Ortega wants to be in those situations, so I'd love to see if he could control those grappling situations against Ortega. For Taporia, though, I want to see a name. You know, I want to see that sort of nice, juicy name. Not Evloev. Do not have him face Evloev, please. Keep those guys apart from each other. The only time I want to see him fight is in a title fight because I think Taporia. This guy's a future champion material. Well, you mentioned potentially fighting Yair Rodriguez. Mm. I'm going to let you know right now, Joe, Taporia <laughs> wins that fight. You can have that one for free. Yeah, that's Yair versus Frankie too, isn't it? Like, that's... Oh, my God. Yeah. What about Zombie? Uh, have some mercy, Joe. No, no, I love the Zombie. He's out he's injured, though, a... so he's not going to be back for a while. Well, he's going to have to fight someone, though, and whoever it is is going to be a problem. If it's... Yeah. If it's Taporia, that's that's a, a ass weapon I don't need to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, tremendous. Now, Tom. Now, you, Joe, you retain. Tell your me t- those. Yeah, tell <laughs> me those sweet words that I that I wait to now, hear. Now, Tom retains his title. I will right. say in controversial fashion. He realised at the end of last week's pod that he said Bryce Mitchell and not Ilya Taporia. He uh, no, he said Taporia, not Bryce Mitchell, which is what he wrote down. Now, Tom, I'll let you keep the belt. All right. I'll let you keep the belt. But this is my title and you know it. 
Joe, I won the first two rounds. I've taken the third off. <laughs> All right. Who's the cash cow now? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Listen, uh, I'll give it to you. Congratulations. Joe, I'll take it. Uh, thank you very much. Congratulations. You, very you are much. the champion for did 2022 you, as well. So. Did you give it any thought, by the way, what I was saying about just recording this section on a loop? <laughs> <laughs> We've been here before, Joe. Yes. Yes, we have. But you know what? No. Joe, I'm Tomorrow so is another day. In, I'm so confident in my wins here, Joe. What I'm thinking is we need to set up some forfeits for you. <laughs> I'm saying going into 2023, hold on, I'm talking, brother. It's evolving. Yeah. Joe, we'll be covering a bit more of that. We'll, we'll unveil it to the fans next year. Okay. But I, I, I think I think I want to see some tribute to my... <laughs> what, a tribute to the gods? Is that what you're <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The MMA gods. Wait, hold on. So you're saying whoever's the champion at the end of next year... The loser has to do a sacrifice of some kind. Yes, and I'm thinking it involves you rolling on a mat with someone credentialed <laughs> and it broadcast to the fans. All the right. Masses. Listen, I'll happily watch you get into a boxing ring with some Icelandic giant. That's fine, Tom. So that's, <laughs> 2023 it is my enough. year. 2023 is my year. It's like, you oh, know. We've been here before. All right, Darren Till. It's the, Kanye, right. it's the Kanye for President Joe for 2023. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the prelims. Yep. Uh, Raul Rosas Jr., 18 years old, youngest ever fighter to fight in the UFC, uh, defeats Jay Perrin in the first round by a rear naked choke. Uh, let's calm down, people. Let's calm down, people, shall we? This young man is in the bantamweight division for now. He's probably not going to be there forever. Um, Do you think he's too big? He'll grow out of that division, I think. Um, I'd be surprised if he didn't, to be honest. But... Yeah, impressive win, but you know, let's let's let him have six, seven fights before we start talking about anything significant. I mean, Jay Perrin, bless him in the in the lead up to the fight, he was kind of making a bit of beef uh, with with an individual who would have been considered a child not not so long ago, um, and then he was making a big hay of the fact that um, he had been this man before, you know, someone. Someone to be beaten, someone to build the record, and he and he said, "I won't let that, that happen again." Mm. And brother, it just happened in two minutes yeah. and forty-four seconds. He 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 ran through him. Yeah, yeah, he really did. It was uh, wasn't particularly close or competitive. When it comes to Rosas Junior, I don't really want to see him fight anyone too significant just yet. What do you no, think no. of the crowd reaction to him? The fact that they were so into him immediately. Yeah, it's really interesting. It just shows these kind of channels of, of marketing and advertising that I think they're just they're, they're not interested in you and I, Joe. Uh, <laughs> those co- the, our cookies are not corresponding with it because you know, yeah, I'm, I, I know who the guy is. I'm happy happy for him. Mm. Um, seems like a nice young gentleman, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I'm not going to be whooping and hollering, going crazy, buying a ticket and flying out mm. uh, to watch him. But a lot of people had, so mm. yeah, I mean. Good for him. I mean, it, it is a feel-good story. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Talking of another feel-good story, uh, Jairzinho Rosenstruck knocks out a cop uh, in the uh, <laughs> fight before that. A running jab and a hook. What on earth was that from Rosen? He did not care about Dorcas at all, did he? He was just like, I'm smashing this fool. All right, Joe, look. He's he's seen it before. He's had a close insight into the, into the windmill mm. and the power of just... <laughs> Rushing Wait, forward. hold on. You're saying he's like Mega Man. He's like absorbed Francis's swinging power. And he's just like, oh, I'm going to try this out. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it was just like that. I th- honestly, um, I think it was that 
he, he'd of course seen what happened with Dorcas in his last fight, Derek Lewis. I have to say this is a horrible, horrible matchup. Derek Lewis, Mark II, younger, mm. and more athletic mm. in, in Rosenstrike. It's kind of Dorcas' worst nightmare to yeah. just get blown out there with the big nukes straight away <laughs> by a power hitter. Yeah, exactly. But that's what happened. For sure. Edmund Shabazian uh, defeats uh, Dolce Lungjambula. Uh, second round, uh, TKO. Nice finish, knee, and then uh, unloads the hands. His boxing looked uh, crisp as per usual. And decent takedown defence. Thank you, Edmund. Thank you for doing some of that. But please, no one ranked. Just uh, Let's just let him win three more fights before Ve- we think about Vegas that. Edmund, baby. I guess I'm Vegas Edmund. Even though he's lost in Vegas multiple what a, times. And it, to, a, to an absolute duff note crowd. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That was like an uh, anti-Joaquin Buckley, wasn't it? Like that was, yeah, well, that was yeah. <laughs> crowd did not care about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, good, good for him. D- Dolce is extremely limited. Mm. Extremely limited. Those traps are too uh, big. They're too big, Joe. <laughs> They're too big for him to, to throw... Uh, or yeah. to, to move. I, I felt. You know. I felt also watching this that Shabazian was a little bit anxious in there. Like he wasn't throwing any combos. I think he just wanted to kind of feel his way through the fight, and then if the finish was there, take it, uh, which is what he did do. But again, this is a guy getting his confidence back up. He's a new man, and really, is he the real Darren Till? You know, gone on a losing streak, but he's actually going to turn it round and actually train some takedown defense and maybe not be completely crocked. I mean, Joey, we're talking about matchups for Darren Till. He beats Delcher. Yeah, but that's who he should be facing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He should like, face D- four or five guys. To... I mean, how do you see Duplessis versus Edmund going? Uh... Oh, the big truck, the big truck's running through. <laughs> it's going from one side of the octagon, and then it's going to the other side yeah. until he's run over Edmund. Yeah, Vegas Edmund no more. Yeah, the Edmund that we're seeing right now is not going to win that fight. Um, but again, give Shabazzian some seasoning. Do you know what I mean? Give him some time. Work away on the prelims. Work away on some, you know, fight night cards. Get four wins together, and then we'll start looking at a, a ranked fighter. I just don't want to see Shabazzian versus Robocop just yet. You know what I mean, where's uh, Darren? Where's Darren Win? Get him out. Uh... <laughs> right. Let's. Um... Well, this is the saddest. Some sad news. This is the yeah. really sad news. Joaquin Buckley yeah. loses by knockout to Chris Curtis. Buckley was winning the fight. He was winning he was. the fight. Yeah. Landed to the body, and then he's just like, I'll just go start throwing to the head. No, keep throwing to the body, Joaquin. You were doing a great job. I know he's moving down to welterweight now. Good. Get him some fun fights down there at welterweight. Get a run going. But Joaquin now, he's 5-4 and four in the UFC. Lost his last two in a row. It's feeling a bit shaky now for him. He's... a I think they're going to give him a, a chance to sort himself out at welterweight and then go from there. Um, you know, get Tim Means to get run over by uh, Joaquin. That'd be nice to see. But Chris Curtis caught the, the left kick, crunching left hand behind it. Good for Huge. him. Yeah. Hard to, yeah. Hard, hard to hate on Chris Curtis, even though we love Joaquin. Well, I mean, Chris Curtis... Let's not forget how how he finished that Hermanson fight where he was neutralized himself. Hermanson just refused to get banged, mm. <laughs> and, and Chris thought he was cheating uh, yeah. because he wouldn't step step into Chris's range. Let me bang, I, so bro. So that like, yeah, exactly. And then was, apparently he, vibes. he was talking he was talk, talking some crud on Hermanson's Instagram after his loss to Dalidze because Dalidze is a teammate of oh. Curtis. Just, can you just grow up? Do you know what I mean? Grow up. 
Why don't you fight Hermanson again and have that happen again? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because uh, it certainly would happen again. I mean, it wasn't a good luck look in the end for Buckley. No, it was though he did win the first round. I don't know. I'm, I'm sad, Joe. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad because you know it's a middleweight who's could be a welterweight as well. Um, I think Curtis I, is not the biggest middleweight. No, I think he would struggle to make welterweight though. I, 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 I don't think he'd be making welterweight. I don't think he's ever fought a welterweight to be honest. So, anyway, let's talk about the early prelims. Billy Quarantillo is back after his fight with Burgos last year. And Alexander Hernandez did his normal fight. Fought like an absolute monster in the first round. Gassed out and got finished. Uh, Quarantillo, by the way. Oh, splooge. What a performance, eh? Yeah, I mean, he's become much washed TV. Yeah. He's a great fighter. Always always puts it out there. So happy for him. Mm. Uh, the other winners on the early prelims, TJ Brown, Russell Heavy performance and getting, getting, the, submission of the, getting mm. the submission. Yeah, bubbling away there quietly. And then we had a debutante from South Africa. It wasn't all about DDP. We also had Cameron Simon, uh, who found his way to victory with a KO in the third round. Hilarious, uh, hilarious uh, commentary performance from Joe Rogan because uh, Stephen Koslow is a 10th planet jiu-jitsu guy. So he was breaking out all those bullshit 10th planet names for uh, mission control and your dad's handshake and burrito on the floor or whatever he calls these moves Eddie just call it the normal moves mate come on Um, (laughs) right listeners thank you so much for joining us we'll be back at the end of this week to preview the Sean Strickland versus Jared Cannonier fight night card oh yeah and there is some good stuff on there my word we will break into that I know what you're licking your lips at Demir Ismagulov versus Armand Sarukin in the co-main event. Wow. Let's be honest, wow. that should be the main event. Um, can't wait for that. Uh, listeners, you can contact us at holdonbrother69 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us. And Tom, congratulations on your win. Try not to be too salty, Joe. I'm not salty, I'm not salty. I'm just cl- I'd, get, I'd get training now, son. You're going to be I'm going to be undefeated be next year. I'm undefeated next year, I'm telling you. All right. All right. Thanks, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.